people do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn. And I'm Katie Winton. So today we're talking about the intersection of language, poetry and politics. And just a heads up, we're going to be posting a lot of links on the show page because basically no one wants to hear me read poetry on the radio <laughs> or at all, I'm pretty sure. Um, so thankfully, we're also going to be joined in the next about 10 minutes by the actual poet and artist Samia Saeed. Yes, Amia is going to be talking to us about poetry and undocumented superstition. And she's also chosen some tracks for us today from Sampa the Great, Feyruz and Ray Black. Last night, Izzy and I had a discussion at Front Yard. Yeah, so if you haven't heard of Front Yard, it's a really brilliant, not only artist-run space in Marrickville. I'm going to pop up a link to their Facebook group, but they run residencies and events and all through the week. Um, it's also got a library and a vegetable garden, and it's run by really, really cool people. So I'm going to stop gushing about it, but <laughs> I recommend checking out their page and the kind of events that they've got coming up soon. Everyone loves a veggie garden. Yeah. So the event that we had there last night was about methods of archiving in the aftermath of the Women's March on Sydney, we've been thinking a lot about ways of remembering and who's included in that conversation, who is left out, and why people do and don't go to protests. Historically, institutional archives have been a space for remembering and also for forgetting, and they're tools, quite often they're tools for colonialisation and imperialism and assimilation. <laughs> Just some, some big ideas to throw at you on a Saturday morning. Yeah, and I think given the different responses that people had to the Women's March and the kind of fractures in feminism more generally, we thought it was really interesting to look at the ways that um, people resisted and embraced the Women's March and kind of what that reflects about feminism in our communities and particularly in our city. Yeah, the act of remembering is in itself incredibly complicated and political. So the first meeting that we had last night was about what we record, who we talk to and what kinds of material we can collect to create this archive Beyond posters, we also want to look at different materials like poetry, text messages, Facebook rants, oral histories, things that it, people are engaging with in a contemporary context and what, what the archive can capture in terms of that breadth of material and what that will look like. So we really want to hear from you and we really want to make it as rich as possible. If you went, if you didn't go, we want to know why. So we'll pop a link up on our show page to where you can email us because our email address is a bit complicated to read out on air. Yeah, we'd really love to get your feedback. And one of the observations that people had in the meeting that we um, kind of ran last night was the importance of oral histories. And this is something that's been kind of picked up by a lot of um, newspapers, particularly in America, in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protests last year. New Republic actually um, noticed that we were, or kind of observed that we're living in a new literary era and a one that was described um, the poetry of social engagement. That's the kind of era that we're potentially in. And poetry is changing because of that. It's changing shape and becoming more compatible with um, mediums like Instagram or Twitter. So, I mean, we live in this kind of turbulent time and there has always been a kind of link between poetry and politics and political upheaval. But I think the actual optics of how that interacts with social media is incredibly interesting. Yeah, one thing I've noticed is that people are engaging with these movements without needing to physically be there. So people who are at home in social media activism and print magazines, which has, again, has huge implications for differently abled people as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that, yeah, like I was saying, the link between poetry and politics isn't new, but the kind of the tone and the humour and the way that people have um, 
embraced and kind of also shared poetry um, is so cool. So within hours of the US election, all of these like funny and sad and really furious poems actually went viral. And that is very unusual. Like poetry doesn't go viral yeah, I really all too often. <laughs> and there's this really funny poem that I want. I know I promised that we wouldn't <laughs> read any poetry, but um, there's this really funny one that came out literally within hours of Trump being elected and it kind of collapses what Trump means and mansplaining and it's called Difference of Opinion and I'm going to make Katie read it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> so he tells her that the earth is flat. He knows the facts and that is that. In altercations fierce and long, she tries her best to prove him wrong. But he has learned to argue well. He calls her arguments unsound and often asks her not to yell. She cannot win. He stands his ground. The planet goes on being round. Socks and sliders everywhere and every day. Full English breakfast at a cafe, not a cafe. Should come to my hood, my hood, my hood. Me, me, and Molly's best fried chicken is in South. I'll show you gangsters, don't you go run in your mouth. My beds are racing 2 a.m. outside my house, oh yeah, it's loud. But come to my hood, my hood, my hood. Oh, you should come to my hood, my hood, my hood, my hood.
That was Ray Black with My Hood, a track chosen by actual poet Samia Saeed. Hey, Samia. Hi. How are you going? Good. How are you? Actual poet. Actual poet. <laughs> well, yeah. You're legitimizing me. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so we've been talking about how people have come to poetry and what they've been talking about in our current political climate. We wanted to ask you what brought you to poetry. Um, I guess I've been writing ever since I was a kid. Uh, but obviously I've been an artist all my life ever since I was born. Um, no. Uh, and I thought that... Um, so I kind of like intertwine my poetry with my art making. Um, and I guess words on paper is an amazing vehicle and I like to... I'm just... Tr- I try to be as authentic as possible and not edit my poetry as well. Um, so I think that's a political act in itself um, because I, you know, I grew up... English was my second language. Um, I was in ESL class, so I was just like... Academia for me wasn't my trajectory, um, but writing was, which is like a kind of, I don't know, I guess a contradiction in itself. But um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I guess like the, looking at your poetry, it's even like written like, you know, I was just noticing like it's like you are. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, kind yeah. of written. Do, do you like, is it spoken before you write it down? Or? No, it's in my head. So I try to write it out as quickly as possible, uh-huh. which is why it's abbreviated. And then I'm like, fuck editing it. I don't care. Oh, I swore. Is okay? <laughs> I think so. I hope oh, it's yeah. okay. I don't know. I swear all the time. Nah. But <laughs> <laughs> post-language warning. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so, so. <laughs> so like oral histories can be a form of resistance to colonial and the kind of patriarchal erasure of certain stories and particular of kind of women's histories and um, that of people of colour. You've been looking a lot at how superstitions are passed down through generations just by word of mouth. And can you talk a little bit about that theme in the work yeah, you're working at? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of my poetry does include like stuff about superstition, but in my recent work, I just, I've done one <laughs> poem in like the last week, but um, I've, I've really explored it and I've noticed that... Um, there is a sense of colonialism in superstition because we've turned them into like manuals and um, like OHS manuals. And then it makes me think that the superstitions aren't really myths; they're they're truths, or they're my truths, and or they're the truths of the cultures around me. And they're also a reprimand. So when I think about like I think about superstitions every day, like with my movements, with you know, with whatever I do, and I'm like, oh shit, I can't um, put this and this together because 
I don't know, it's bad luck. So there's like this parallel of anxiety, um, reprimand and practicality that comes with superstitions, especially that have been passed down from generations. And it's really interesting to me because I'm like, it's not very, it's not documented. And Mm. it's like the only way they've documented it is through manuals or like, there's sort of, you know, weird languaging around it where it's all just verbal. And I'm also like, how much has been lost? You know, like how much, how much amazing shit has been, sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how much has been lost? Like in that, you know, I think about my ancestors and what superstitions they had and I'm like, that blows my mind. I'm like, whoa. Speaking of ancestors, I had this really weird moment this morning where I put on these overalls to wear and I looked in the pocket and I pulled out this little piece of paper and it oh, says, it's the piece yeah. of paper that I gave you. <laughs> and it says, with every sip of tea, an ancestor will stain your lips with every sweet a conversation. Yeah. Which was from your work. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. From your exhibition at Stirrup Gallery in Marrickville a few yeah. months back. Can you tell me a little bit? Of, I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, well, that work I first did at this um, at a at First Draft, where my friend Latai and Anastasia um, curated a show called Invocations. Um, And I usually cook for community events. I'm not sure if you know that, but anyway. Um, I cook for community events and I was doing it quite a bit at the time and I was just like, oh my God, nobody's noticing where the food is coming from. Um, And so that performance but basically I don't do I should I explain the performance yeah I basically sit on a prayer mat and um I feed you a date and you stare into well you stare into my eyes for quite a while until I'm I think you're ready to eat a date and I feed you the date um it's a it's an intense experience and you did it Katie I don't know what your response was but um before that and then you receive your offering and the offering that you got was a poem Mm -hmm. but um the first time I did it was food um, and it was a it was a traditional dish that we usually eat at iftar in Ramadan, um, and it's and it's called fatte and it's like it's a pretty it just it's a staple every night in Ramadan you eat it and it's my favorite dish it's delicious, <laughs> but um yeah I was like people need to stare at me before they eat my food like <laughs> you need to know where this shit is coming from like and I wore the clothes that I'd worn the whole day that I was cooking um, and I feed you the date to break your fast and then you eat um, you have your offering. Um, but yeah, that's what that performance was. What was the response? I mean, I was only one small part of it, but yeah. what was it like doing it in that space and what was the response to that performance? Um, the response to the performance was, it differed quite a lot. Almost every emotion I saw in other in other people's faces. Um, some friends came and they cried um, and then some just came and laughed because um, <laughs> I like looking at my face. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's funny. Um but the general response was people were really fidgety at first and then as soon as they calmed down and settled with themselves, I fed them the day and I could see the expression in their face that when it settled. Mm. Um, it's it's pretty intense staring into someone's eyes, like energetically, I think, you know. It was also a bit of a piss take on Marina. I, I thought yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, it was like, okay, you can do this and, I, you know, yeah, it's it, yeah another like decolonization kind of thing of the arts, I guess if you mm. want to call it that. But yeah, so there is a bit of humor and, but also emotion, which kind of involves everything mm. in my poetry and my work. Is just like there's a humor and then there's this intention, intense emotion. You're like shit. I don't know which one to feel. You know. 
Sorry, I keep swearing. No, no, that's, that's okay. fine. I think we've broken it now. So <laughs> yeah, we can I'm just broken, go I'm full ham. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some so, are okay. Some are, some are better than others. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I never thought I'd actually get a chance to play Feyre's on Agenda, but I'm really, really happy that you chose yeah, this track. Cool. Can you introduce it for us? Um, yeah, it's Feyre's, which is one of the most phenomenal women in the Arab world. She's from Lebanon, um, and everywhere you go in the Middle East she's play, she's playing in the morning on the radios she's she's got a whole TV channel to herself <laughs> um, and this song in particular is one of my favorite favorites because it mentions pomegranates and it's like it literally is about turmoil and love um, and there there's not so much humor in it but I love that sort of like I don't know what you call it, a parallel yeah. or, or like when you feed those two emotions together because it's like I can still love when there's shit going on mm -hmm. in the world but um yeah, play it. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> song. You're on agenda. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
That was a track by Feyruz. Um And Samia, you actually have a poem about Feyruz, is yeah. that right? Yeah, I've written um, a poem which is kind of in conversation with my parents and she's she features in it quite a lot. Right, would you be yeah. able to share that with us? Sure. Cool. Um, it's called Daughter of the Man from the Village. Um, okay. On YouTube, you can share every track. Do you have Arabic keyboard? Yes, but I can't spell for shit, Dad. The bridge over the moon, a bridge to the moon from Earth. She sits and stares at the door like it's going to magically open. Bluetooth, blue teeth, fiddling around, it's not working. We did the same thing last year. 42 years he's junior and I have no idea how to make the speakers work. Dad always smells like, it smells, but it's never offensive. I'm hairier than him. He has more hair on his head than the rest of his body. Maybe he secretly waxes. Mum knows every word to bridge over the moon. Fatals brings us together. She brings everyone together. Freshly waxed legs, almond eyes, underneath a pomegranate tree. The world is in turmoil. You flirt and say the nicest things to me. Sumac stained nostrils, knefe that strings between stars, inside, outside Scotland, Wales. I could have been her namesake. Maybe I would have been more talented, underachieving genius with no talents and a big heart. If there was anyone I could listen to forever, it would be her. You remember Mustafa? He died. Mum butts in. Your, sis- your sister-in-law is pregnant. Maybe she will give us a little Freddy. You okay, Dad? Yeah, Hanny also died. He drowned. My jaw clenches. Dad is not phased. His two best friends died in the last month. He continues to poke his phone. Poke a machine on his phone. Poker, poker, poke her, poke him. No gamble. Everyone's just a loser. Hanny just... Hanny was thrown down the river. Shit, Dad. Yeah, big drug dealer. Catch to catch. Dad smells like old plums and mum, like gardenia. How old is Fatal's? Dad's lying laying down, snoring, eyes closed, still holding and staring at his phone. Mum shouts, she'll never die. (laughs) Daughter of the lady from the village. Dad's hands collapse and and the phone hits him in the face. Wakes up and he continues his gamble. That's it. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry that I laughed. At no, it's parts, funny. But... Yeah, it's, it's quite funny. I don't have anything as spooky as Katie's experience with the your poem, but I have really been enjoying kind of going back through your blog and yeah. reading some of the, the all of you poem is like so sweet and yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. It like made me like really laugh out loud so much. Yeah. So your It made you lol. It made, it made, me, it made, it made you lol. me lol. <laughs> um, so yeah, your, po- your poetry is like predominantly online. Uh, yeah. Or exclusively online so far? Exclusively online. And, I mean, if if you're close to me, then I'll probably... Um, Serenade you. you. <laughs> yeah, Serenade torture you. Um, I don't know, same thing. Um, yeah, with, with you know, whatever I write. And you so can that say yes a... or no to be published. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a premiere of Samia's Spoken Word. It's true. That's yeah. the first time I've ever really read out loud to our audience. Wow. Yeah. And you will also be doing that? On, on Tuesday, on yeah, Tuesday. at um, Friend in Hand Pub at, in, at Glebe. And it's it's a um, poetry night called Word in Hand that Candy is now curating. Um, and there's a whole bunch of us that are... I've, I've had the thing at the list of people that are... But um, I know that one of my favourite poets, Hanny, is playing, is, is reading. Um, and she's super sweet. And I've seen her before. She doesn't know who I am, which is a bit weird um, <laughs> that I'm mentioning how great I think she is um and there's another poet called Sister Zai um and a a couple of others but yeah come along it's at seven o'clock Glebe um friend in hand I'll be be on the microphone (laughs) we'll pop some details up on our agenda FBI page but you've also got a few other events that you're attending and have involvement in that you wanted to talk about 
Um, I'll talk about tonight's event is the night market at um, Addison Road, and it's um, it's a whole bunch of street street food stalls, um, mostly run by refugees, which is again cool. Come and support it. Uh, it starts at five, five till nine, um, and the food is sick. Like it's so <laughs> delicious. Food, I've, yeah. Food features a lot in your yeah. Work. Oh my god, food is. Food is my life. Katie literally wrote a note in the show notes just that says food in capital letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There you go. Food, food is everything. You know, I think it's, you know. Anyway, let's not get into that because I'll take over your show. Um, and the other event that is coming up is March 11, which is a month away. But it's a club night called Tropo Galactica, which me, my friend Priya Punchalingam, Latai Tamapau and I Aware run. And um, it's like a club event that showcases a lot of artists yeah, and it's it's going to be a really nice night. There's going to be food, obviously. Um, there'll be a whole bunch of stuff. Just come. You know? I, <laughs> yeah. like I'll, I'll, I'll post the event page soon. And You're a good um, hype man. You're like, it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so good. It really is. And where is it happening, sorry? Uh, it's happening at the Red Rattler on 11th, the 11th of March, and it starts at around 8. So. Okay, we can put a, um, a yeah, link Yeah, I mean, it's like well. a month out, but, you know. But you can start planning your outfit. Start hyping. Planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> start hyping. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's cool. about all we've got time for. But uh, thank you so much yeah, for pleasure. coming in to chat to us. We're going to leave now with a track from Sampa the Great that you also chose. Can you just chat a little bit briefly about why you chose this one? Oh, I love Sampa. <laughs> she also doesn't know. Like, I've met her once, but she also, I'm just, like, obsessed with you, Sampa. Like, you know, <laughs> um, if you're hearing this, I actually really love this song. It's really beautiful. I love what she does. I think she's... um. Yeah, she's, she, she also holds this compassionate fierceness, which is, you know, what I think is a, a huge political movement in my eyes. But, yeah, play Sampa. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. She's also just yeah. been announced um, as playing with Princess Nokia. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, anyway. That's happening um, at Oxford Arts Factory on Thursday, March 2nd. We'll put a link to that up as well. You can grab tickets. They're about $25 at the moment with a booking fee. So we will see you there. Great. Thanks for that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you so much. You've been listening to Agenda on FBI. This is Blue Boss by Sampa the Great. Can I get it a bit higher? It just blasted. Got up exactly in the A's. Probably the hunger had struck me. Push to stay alive is upon me When I wash, I wash the pain So all that my work's in vain The license to be an idol life Some time and force change I understand and I bleed Bleed even if there is no blood My family washing out my tears They water thinner than blood And I ain't talked to them in years For them I shed my blood And now they shot me in the street I thought that we were blood It's not enough Walk my fingers to the bone And it's not enough This mic I'm spitting on in my fridge It's not enough I'm an artist, this I know Industry is not enough And when the world stop treating People like they think we ain't enough Sweep left under a rug, my G Flawless when our eyes were watching God, I awoke, my G Honest, then I ordered a revolt and we saw, my G Honest, we listened to our hearts Change what was written on it Mama said, he's a her girl, you stuck up in the clouds Well, I think we fly high, cause we stuck up in the clouds We no longer in this world, cause we stuck up in the clouds All we do is blow trees when you stuck up in the clouds
protection for her life crackhead and go ahead and try to tell me we ain't living in two different worlds my uh it's time for you to see that this is democracy if the rich are getting richer for how poor we gonna be oh how dumb we gonna be freedom is the land of the under your breath for free my uh sweet black under a rug my g flawless and no eyes were watching god i awoke my g honest and i ordered the reward and we saw my g honest listen to our hearts and change what they written on it mama said use your head girl you stuck up in the clouds well i think we flying high cause we stuck up in the clouds we no longer in this world cause we stuck up in the clouds all we do is blow trees when you stuck up in the clouds Damn.